On Wednesday night, the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society, and tonight our topic is cryptids and mainstream media with a focus on all of our favorites. I know it was one of my favorites growing up, Courage the Cowardly Dog. It was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. I loved it. And if y'all don't know that in that cartoon, they had cryptids in every episode. I don't know where you were. I don't know where you were. I don't know what you were doing, but obviously you weren't paying attention. <laughs> it was there every episode. And poor Courage, he was trying. He was trying to save his mama every time. He loved that woman. Oh, he loved that woman. Screw you, sis. Screw that man. Anyway, tonight we also have a guest who's going to be coming and talking with us. Miss Tina. Miss Daddy. She's going to be up here. She's going to be talking with us tonight. She she is like self-proclaimed and I am also going to proclaim it. Okay. She is. She knows all about Courage the Cowardly Dog. She is she is in it to win it, and she's going to come up here. She's going to be adding her two cents. She is so adorable. She has this whole thing planned out. I love it. I cannot wait. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to add her up here. <laughs> come on, Miss Tina. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, Tina. Uh, okay, I'm nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. <laughs> Do I sound okay? Is the mic all right? <laughs> You sound great. You sound great. You sound good. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So, all right. So, as as everybody knows, in mainstream media, what I mean by that is we've got our movies, we've got our horror movies, we've got our psychological thrillers, we've got supernatural. Everybody. Dean Winchester. I love Dean Winchester. I love Sam and Dean. Um, So, we've got supernatural. And then we've got Courage the Cowardly Dog, 1999. Great cartoon. Okay, so I did not grow up watching Courage the Cowardly Dog. So I am going to be relying heavily on you all for uh, the the in-depth nitty-gritty of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Because... Mm. I just don't know. Now, I do have a list in front of me of all the Courage the Cowardly Dog monsters. Right. So I will be able to pull those up. Uh, but otherwise, I'm relying on you two to tell me all about it because I was not able to experience that as a child. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Unfortunately, well, you have- she grew up in a very um, sheltered, <laughs> sheltered. <home>. Yes, <laughs> to say the she least. She wasn't able to and enjoy then- fully Courage the Cowardly Dog. That's right. That's and- right. And going back and trying to watch it for the first time as an adult, I just I'm watching it through different eyes, so I don't feel like I can fully appreciate. Because you have that childlike wonder of courage, the coward dog. So yeah, unfortunately, it was canceled at some point. Um, there's not like a, a definitive answer as to why it was canceled, but a lot of people think it was because kids apparently got scared of it. I, I don't know. I wasn't scared of it. I loved every second of it. 
So I don't know how much of that is true, but... (laughs) I feel like that I, that can't be the reason because I mean, come on, it can't if you've be. Got like, if you've got Ren and Stimpy and so many other like really crazy off the wall, almost like tripping type cartoons. You can't encourage cowardly dog because it's too scary. Like, A lot of people felt I, that way, apparently. That's crazy Kurt, to me. I thought a Kurt Kurt was never scary to me. Right. It wasn't scary to me either. I mean, it was no, it was right up there with like all uh, real monsters. Like, did you guys watch so, that? Yes. See, I, now, I didn't watch so it either. Yeah, I didn't watch many of those cartoons as a kid. So I kind of missed out on all of that. Hell, I wasn't even able to watch like. Uh, Scooby Doo as a kid. I only, what? yeah, yeah, I only got to watch like, um, let's see here. Yeah, you know what? I didn't really get a lot of TV time. <laughs> oh, I spent, I spent my nose in book a lot. <laughs> you, okay. you really did a lot of TV time. <laughs> I didn't like growing up. I had I was limited to like an hour of TV time a day, and that's not including like the family shows like TGI Friday and like you know those kind of shows like MacGyver that sort of thing. But that's not exactly like kids shows. <laughs> You didn't so. get, kids. You get to watch kids shows. I don't even think you got to watch Harry Potter. Uh, no, not until later. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the first two movies of Harry Potter, but after that, I just couldn't get into it anymore. Well, with Harry Potter, it was there was a big shift from like uh, children's movie to like young adult type movie to like okay, this is getting kind of dark kind of thing. So there was definitely a shift as the as the movies progressed, which I'm sure the books did as well. I didn't read the books, but I did see all the movies. Books were way better. <clears throat> books are always better. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so on the topic of Christmas and Mean Street, Tina, I know... You have chosen an episode for us. You've chosen two episodes, right, for us to talk about Courage the Cowardly Dog with two separate critiques that you had in mind to speak about. I have mostly researched at least one of the episodes. The other one was not able to get into depth with it that much because, you know, panic attacks were a thing. <laughs> I wasn't able to really focus. I've had at least three panic attacks in... Uh, knowing that I was going to be a part of this. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to be nervous. Oh, too no, late. My, is, my heart is already out of my chest. I'm holding it in my hand as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> no need to stress. No, no need to stress. Everybody here loves you. Everybody loves you. And our listeners are great anyways. You know that. We have great listeners. So tell us about Tell us about this cryptid for this episode. Which episode was the one that caught your attention? 
Um, the one that caught me my attention the most was uh, King Ramsey's Curse which was episode five of season one. Um, it aired directly on January the 21st, 2000. Uh, I remember that one mainly because it, it, it's going to, I'm going to shock your brains for a second. I'm going to shock your brains when I get to it, but, <laughs> um, already. right. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fry the noodle already. So basically <laughs> in the episode at the beginning, um, you end up seeing two people getting chased by a helicopter in their car. Um, you don't know what they did until you realize that they're about to bury something that apparently they wasn't supposed to have. Right outside the house that Courage lives at with Muriel and Eustace. So, you know, a little pink, curious puppy that we all know and love was like, what's all this commotion outside my house? And uh, right. the next morning, he goes and digs up wherever he, where the dig spot was. And he sees this, I want to say it's solid gold, but he didn't really emphasize on what it was, like what it was made out of. Um, okay. It was basically a plaque and it had these weird drawings on it. Um, one of the drawings was like this weird looking man and then followed by like some squiggly lines, um, what looked to be a music player. And then finally these insects, it looked like flies or something like that. So... Uh, once he saw this, he's like, I got to show my family. So he showed Eustace and Eustace was like, oh, this is garbage and threw it out the window. OK. And then he saw in the news that people are looking for that specific, specific flag, um, plague, my bad. And they said that it's worth up to a million dollars. So if there's any Courage the Cowley Dog fans, you would know that Eustace is all about getting money. He's all about trying to get as much money as he possibly can. So the second he saw that, he ran out there. He jetted. He jumped out the window. He was going for it. Um, and he, he got it back. He refused to give it to anybody. And then Courage started to notice some of the drawings on the plaque was starting to disappear. One of them was the man drawing, and he sees a spirit outside the house saying, return the, the, um, the slab. He called it a slab. He said, return the slab or you'll suffer my curse. So obviously, Eustace is not willing for it because he's like, I want that million dollars. You're not getting this until you give me my money. So as time went on, the drawings started to disappear. They started to have this big, massive flood in the house. Everybody was trying to get to the attic because that's where they was able to get the most air at until Courage was able to get the water out. And then music started playing really, really loud and Courage was able to stop that. Finally, these insects. I brought up these insects before because at the beginning of the show, at the beginning of the episode, you saw that the two men, after they buried the plague, the same spirit told them to give it to him. They said no. And those same insects came out of nowhere and made them disappear. You don't know what happened to them. You don't know how it happened. The camera just panned to the house. You can hear their blood curdling screams in the background. And then they went back to them and the car was gone. They was gone and the car was gone. So those same insects was about to come to the house and destroy everything that courage knew and love. Um, Courage was able to convince Houston at this time to like give the plaque back. What? Okay. Hmm? okay, so what are these insects? I don't know. They look like flies, 
but bigger. They don't look like they have stingers, like they're like wasps or bees or anything like that. They just look like overly sized flies. Huh. Do they have pinchers? Okay. Say again. Do they have pinchers? No. Like, so they didn't look they like, just look like They just look like flies. Like giant flies. So, so, it's, so it's more of a they, pestilence kind of thing. Right. But the thing is, everything that those those insects touched, it disappeared. The house started to disappear as the insects was going down onto the house. Yeah, oh, see, weird. that sounds that sounds like a locust. Like a, a It sounds like a locust kind of thing. Yeah, it sounds again, like a it looked like a fly. Hmm. I mean the the wall was disappearing, all the furniture, the only thing that was left was the living room. And that was barely intact. Okay. Now, so in terms of like cryptids, now mm. I'm looking through the list of monsters here. And the black puddle queen kind of reminds me of like the what are the the selkies or you know yeah. like the Is that about right? Uh, like, are, yeah. Yeah. They remind okay. me of the sirens a little bit um, because uh, she reminds me of the sirens a little bit because you did hear a little song until Eustace like got close enough to the water and she just like yanked. Hmm. That does sound like a siren. It Selkies does like, sound like a siren. And she was really pretty. She was gorgeous. Crazy thing. Um, little me, little Tina kind of had a crush on her until she went crazy. And and she showed like her true form with the teeth and the, the, the fangs, and I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, no, I don't like you anymore. But I had a huge crush on her because she was really, really, really pretty, and I can understand why. First off, you says you're a married man. I don't know why you're looking at other women like that. You got a whole wife downstairs. But he was looking at her, and he was it's like, a siren oh. song. He was like, oh, like hello, my name is Eustace. Like you know, he was tucking his hair behind his ear, giving a full on Debbie Ryan, and. Then Miss Girl grabbed him by <laughs> Miss Girl grabbed him by the collar. It was like yoink, and that was it. Oh my that god! So what we have learned so far is that we cannot take Tina anywhere where there might be sirens because she will be told. <laughs> yeah, I will. That would not be able to uh, avoid that whatsoever. I'm sorry, can't do it. Won't do it. <laughs> It's over for me. So yeah, no, you can't. You can't take me anywhere. Uh, after listening to y'all podcast so many times, I realized I can't go outside. I can't go anywhere in Maryland. I can't visit any place. I can't go hiking. I damn sure can't go hiking. I I, I can't go anywhere, honestly. <laughs> and now I can't go near bodies of water where there could be sirens. I'm just. I keep saying I'm gonna go to Pluto. <laughs> I keep saying it. <laughs> With a lifetime supply of chicken nuggies. <laughs> With a lifetime supply of chicken nuggies. That's it. That's, That's it. it. Just, I'm just taking it. And in total, I'm, I might I might take Jesse with me. I might take my brother, my little brother with me. I'm thinking about it. Okay, because both of them get on my nerves. So I'm thinking about it. I might take him with me. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying this like- as both of them are in this podcast listening. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm saying that as both of them are here. Hi. Podcast. Thank you so much for joining tonight. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but all, okay, so so 
Tina can't be anywhere near Siren nah. because she she will drown. That will be her doom. And we need to send her to Pluto with a lifetime supply of chicken nuggets. Got it. Yeah. So okay. So in this episode that we're talking about with the locusts and everything, and so we we're what we're building up to here. Where would you? What would you compare this to in like in real life? Okay. So here's where I'm about to fry your noodles. Recently. Oh. Um, in Egypt recently here we go here we go here comes the craziness recently in Egypt I actually have a question for you before I even get to it was this episode trying to warn us keep that question in your head okay keep that in your head because recently in Egypt let me find all of the stuff that I was about to say uh, they dug up 250 sarcophagi with all of them having intact mummies inside of them and they found over 100 Egyptian artifacts. Now, I'm bringing the, this up. Is that the tombs Say, of Saqqara? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. I'm bringing this okay. up because after research, I didn't even notice. Um, Jesse had to confirm it with me. Apparently, King Ramsey is the actual person. I did not know that. I thought yeah. he was just oh, a character really? that they brought up that they made up for Courage the Cowardly Dog episode. I looked up yep. I was doing research that he's an actual thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was a whole line of Ramses. I didn't yeah. even know that. I was like, oh. And so what yeah. made me like put these two together was, okay, clearly he was a king in his lifetime. Clearly. And apparently that item is his. And he put a curse on it. Anybody that touches it, it takes it away from his gravesite, will have a curse. And now we're finding out in real life, people are digging up 250 sarcophagi and over 100 Egyptian artifacts. <laughs> so what you're That's saying crazy. is, we, we just need to put it back. Just put it back. Just, just put it back. Just right. put it back. Don't touchy. No touchy. No touchy. Yeah. Don't even look. look. Mind your business. Mind your business. Don't, mind your damn business. Don't get me wrong. I love all about history. I love learning stuff. Once I found out that King Ramsey was an actual person and that there was a line of Ramses, I was like intrigued. Like I was reading into it. So I love that. But I love that. And actually, actually, um, I believe it was either Ramses the second or Ramses the third um, that actually made up part of the whole like Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole, like story. Uh, I believe the king of Egypt or the pharaoh of Egypt at the time was either Ramses the second or Ramses the third. So yeah, there was yeah. definitely. And again, what happened with Egypt? With the plagues and all of the pestilence and, mm-hmm. you know, the death of the firstborn and all of that. So, Ramsey's curse may be a real thing. So and the, the, say again? We need to put it back. We need, don't we need to put it, it back. back. Because put it back in the grave ground. robbing and disturbing the dead in general was considered one of the most horrific crimes that you could ever commit in Egyptian culture. And it would it was one of the one of the ways easiest ways for you to get the death penalty. That's if there wasn't a curse on some of the things that you took, especially if it belonged to a pharaoh. Now, absolutely, I believe I believe that um, when they uh, when they uncovered uh, Tutankhamun, 
I think everybody who uncovered that whole site died in mysterious ways. Like every yes. single person. Everybody. Yeah. So that's that's just crazy. Well, and and adult- circumstances, like one person having a heart attack, another having, you know, died in a car accident or, you know, like weird, just like seemingly un- unlinked occurrences. Right. So, and I don't, don't, uh, don't correct me if I'm wrong. I don't, I didn't do much research on this, but there was also, I saw on TikTok that apparently these people that was diving in the ocean, they found like this big old kind of like, um, like a box and it was like rusted and it looked like it was, it looked like it was there. It was put in the ocean purposely and they took it out. And apparently some of the people that discovered it and helped take it out ended up dying. No. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, well, what's in the box? What's in the well, box? No, don't worry. Not, not, not. Didn't we just say mind your business and here you go worrying about what's in the damn box. Don't worry about the box. Put the box back in where it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's like at the end of seven. I expect a stoop to say that, not expecting you to say that. Listen. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Seven? Yes. <laughs> you have to see. Okay, look, anybody in here, any of our listeners, you have to do it. If you have not seen the movie Seven, that's a, it's a quote from the movie Seven. It's hilarious. It's Brad Pitt. What's in the box at the end of the it's, it's terrifying. You don't want to know what's in the box. You know and don't, the don't look in the box. We're not worried about what's in the box. I'm worried about I'm, staying alive. Okay, look, look. I'm no, sorry. I know okay. what. <clears throat> so you, know, you no, have I'm, you have seen Sooth's uh, screen name on Discord, right? Pandora mm. the Explorer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. She's gonna open the box. She watched. She, she watched Dorothy explore it too much as a child. She watched that show way too much. And now she's trying to open things that don't belong to her instead of putting the damn thing back or leaving it alone. Look, 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 look now, look. No, y'all no. Y'all ain't gotta go with me. But look, I wanna go. I wanna know. I wanna know what you. I about. know you. Whatever happens See, to you is gonna happen to me in association of knowing you. I was gonna say, here's the thing: when you open Pandora's box, it goes and it it affects everyone. What if I just open it up just a little bit so we could put like no, one of those? No, don't even take a picture of it. I know. But the thing, there's a thing. What if it's important? What if it's that like answers then they to all tight sealed box? Okay, okay, I, I get that. What if it has like answers to a lot of things that we have questions for? Also, what if you die? <laughs> right? See, it would be, I, but I would, I would, I biohazard suit or something. I don't know. Mm-mm. No, no. I, I still kind of want to know what's in there. I still kind of want to know. I have the same feeling. I want to know what's in between the paws of the Sphinx. I really want to know because Edgar Casey, 
Edgar Casey talked a whole lot about what's in that box under the paws of the Sphinx, and we're not allowed to go down there. And because the Egyptologists are like, no, 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 it's sacred area. But <laughs> meanwhile, there's like supposed to be the wealth of knowledge of pre-flood technology and you know existence mm-hmm. and all of this craziness that's supposed to be inside this room and they've actually found the room they've de- they've done um seismographs go pointing down at the ground penetrating radar down into the ground to see what's under there and they have found a 12 foot by like 24 foot room that's a big freaking room and that's a room they don't need to be in i i volunteer as tribute i will go uh, wait what is- <laughs> Isn't supposed to be the one that's volunteering and we're supposed to be the ones that have some sense and not go in there? See, no. now, that you would see, normally you're rubbing be off. You're rubbing off on us. <laughs> that would normally be the case. But I'm the history mysteries girl. Like, I want to know. Like, those mysteries plague my mind. I want Oh, oh, between no. the both of y'all. The, between the both of y'all, I can't hang out I mean, with either one of y'all. They have doorways. They had it. They've got, listen, they've got a hole in the top of the head of the Sphinx. They've also got a hole in the side of the Sphinx, in the neck of the Sphinx. There's plenty of holes to get in. They wanted they've us also, to get in. No, no, no. That was just for decoration. They did not want you to go in there. <laughs> your case is hilarious. Listen, listen, Linda. Listen, look here. Listen, listen. Listen here. <laughs> hold on to the leash, okay? Outside, and then when I get too far, you can just pull me back. <laughs> now, I have heard that. Now, keep in mind, this is all hearsay. So, hmm. you know, take it for what it's worth, salt or whatever the case may be. Like. Okay, so supposedly they have actually followed some of the like underground tunnels and stuff, and um, theoretically, this is what they say, there is actually a full-blown subterranean city underneath Cairo, Egypt. Oh, Lord. Now, now we're talking like pyramids under the ground, not like Mm -mm. buried under the ground, pyramids built in giant caverns under the ground. Mm-mm. No, I'm good. They, in I, fact, I, the uh, subway system that they built over the last like 20 or 30 years, uh, that subway system, it makes almost like a U-shape around the city of Cairo because they can't just make a subway track straight through because it's empty, it's an empty void. There's like, uh, there's a cavern system in there, which, for the record, may or may not lead into the inner Earth, which we've talked about in the past. I yeah. will bring it up again because I could talk about it forever. I'm just saying. I get lost in the mall, so I know I'm not going in there. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. See, wait a minute. Now that CERN has been turned back on, mm. and we've all been going through these weird changes and everything that's been coming up, because I have been seeing more and more Mandela effects come up, okay? Yes. 
So it's interesting that uh, Tina has brought up this subject about Egypt through Courage the Cowardly Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and then it, it leads us to the Sphinx here, because I don't know if you ladies have, have looked at the Sphinx recently, because the Sphinx eyes were open huh? for a long time. Yes, I don't right. know if you guys are to go look the sphinx eyes were open for a very long time they were open okay i don't know if you guys remember if you've ever looked at the sphinx or if any of our listeners have looked at the sphinx now let's see what you remember because when i looked at the sphinx and i am a long time lover of egypt egyptology is one of my things i love it the sphinx eyes were open i I remember her eyes were closed the whole time now the Sphinx eyes are closed. When were oh, they open? Weird. I've see, always known me, them to be open. See, for me, they were always open, but here recently they have been closed. Why is she opening and closing her eyes? It's part of Egyptology. It's part of mm-hmm. the mythology of Egypt, okay? It's <laughs> it has to hold on now. It's appo- supposedly, allegedly, it has to do with end of times. It has to do with the apocalypse. And you know, every pantheon, every religion, every culture has their own take on the apocalypse, on the end of times, the end of days. You know, however you want to you want to put it. You've got the Norse. You've got the Egyptology. You've got. Everybody's got their own version of how the world or society, I should say, has its own downfall, right? Well, with this one, it mm-hmm. starts with the streets where her eyes close, okay? Also, the pyramids. How do you remember the pyramids? I remember the Great Pyramid being in the middle. Yeah. How many sides? How many sides do you remember the Great Pyramid having? Uh, well, four. That four sides. Four. Yeah. I'm, well, yeah, if you what... were to do a Google Earth search for the Great Pyramid, it is now listed with a picture over the top of the Great Pyramid that it has not four but eight sides. Huh? Wait, what? Okay, I'm looking yes, this up right. Yes, uh-uh. you look it up. The Great Pyramid it does not have four; it has eight sides. That's now, you see, the more people you you talk to, you'll have, and I'm not talking about like a handful, like four or five people hear this, four or five people will agree with you, or whatever. I'm talking about thousands of people. Like you guys were saying, the Sphinx always had her eyes open, or the Sphinx always had her eyes closed. Everybody's always like, well, no, the Great Pyramid only had four sides. Thousands, we're talking about like hundreds of thousands of people. Sphinx I'm looking it up right now. I want to see. That. Well, now it's coming up that the Great Pyramid has eight sides, not four. But that would make it not a pyramid. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm okay, so I'm wait, it actually does say that it's eight sided. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it. It says, despite what you may think about this ancient structure, the Great Pyramid is an eight sided figure, not a four sided figure. I've always known it to have only four sides. 
Right? It now has eight. That's <laughs> Now it's my turn to bake noodles. Yeah. Now, my noodle is baked. Like, right? I don't understand. We have also not a pyramid anymore. It's the ice cream cone. <laughs> also, I would just like to know why on Google Earth, the, the Great Pyramid and the Middle Pyramid, um, like the Pyramid of... Khufu, Pyramid of Cheops. Uh, like, those have 3D renderings where you can, like, s- scroll around them and look at them from different angles mm-hmm. and everything. Meanwhile, poor little third pyramid is flat. Like, 2D, <laughs> flat on the ground, no love, just like... Well, well you know who their favorite is. Right? Well, there's uh, not three pyramids anymore. There's now four. Huh? Yes. There used to be just the three, and it was supposed to coincide with a certain constellation. Now there's four pyramids. Well, and it was also talked about that, I mean, people have theorized this for years, uh, the obvious fact that the head of the Sphinx doesn't belong on it. And if it doesn't belong on it, what was it before? So now there's Mm -hmm. several... Some people think that it is a um, Anubis dog, which if you haven't looked up Anubis dogs, they're really cool looking. But the Anubis dog or a lion. Now, the lion actually makes sense because if you take the star chart and you like type in 11 to 12,000 ago, uh, the constellation Leo would rise with the rising sun. Now, bear in mind, how do you see a constellation that's behind the sun? Just curiosity's sake. Like, they somehow knew that the constellation Leo was behind the sun and the the was originally a lion that was looking its mirror image as above, so below, mirror image of itself, sky. But how did they know that it was there if behind the rising sun? Unless you've got like some mad astrology tools. Okay, so now my heart is in my in my hand, and now my brain is fried. Um. <laughs> right? We have a, we have a comment, ladies. Let's see what our comment has. To say. If it'll play for me. We don't open Pandora's box. We just kind of drill see? a hole and put a camera in. <laughs> Look. Okay, no, I was on your side until you said put a camera in there. Never mind. <laughs> No. No. Wait. You just leave what, it alone. He's got a. No, Jesus. No. No. Leave it alone. I, a little side note. <laughs> a little side note. So, me and Jesse are currently watching like a documentary. I don't like saying the word, but I'm going to say it. Apparently, Skinwalker Ranch. And instead of them just leaving, instead of them just up and leaving, because clearly they're having cattle die, they're having uh, animals getting hurt, injured, they, they're having people getting sick and dizzy. Instead of them just up and leaving, they're like, let's dig some more. 
let's 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 dip our toes in it. Just look. No, take your whole toe out. Take that damn big toe out and leave. Oh, they're they're going further and they're just poking the bear at this point. They're launching rockets. Did you see last week? I know. We just realized that they're still continuing on with the show. Like we finished watching the first season just last night and then we've realized, oh, oh, they're continuing the show. So we're just starting season two. Like we're a couple of episodes in. Oh, yeah. They are like launching rockets in the sky, shooting laser beams. Okay, last episode, I won't give any spoilers, but last episode was really cool. They integrated lasers and rockets. It it was really cool. So they just need to stay home. Go home. Oh yeah, and they found something in the mesa. Mm -mm. Uh huh. All right. Well, we're been we're singing up tonight. I'm making some coffee. That's what I will be watching after this because (laughs) I'm I'm getting back on call with him so we can finish watching it as we're once we're done with this. (laughs) See, see, see. It's not just me. It's not just y'all want to go. Y'all want to see this stuff. Like, oh no, wait, wait. No, I don't want to go. I'm good. It's safe. <laughs> <laughs> I like to stay safely at home. Even, uh, even Jesse made a couple of comments like, "Oh, we're gonna camp there." No, the hell we not. I'm not. Jesse no. sounds like that was my book. Okay, no. Jesse, you not con- Don't encourage him. <laughs> I'm encouraging. Let's go. Let's do the thing. Me and Jesse We're not. I'm with I'm with him. Let's go. I refuse. See, we'll I would rather go one. to discover something that's a little bit less um evil, shall we say? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, I'm, I'm good with the unknown. I I can I turn I want to discover. I want to explore the unknown. But not if it's evil. If it's evil, I'm willing to leave it in the box. Can't we just have like a nice trip to the aquarium? (laughs) (laughs) A good trip to uh, to Barnes and Noble. But David Busters, if you want to get a little frisky with it, you know? Can't can't we just (laughs) But there's there's nothing quite like being deep in the woods, like deep in the wilderness and just like feeling the peace that nature provides. There's there's something really special about that. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. The sound of nature and like the little birds chirping. You know, like all all cryptids and evil, weird, craziness aside, like the nature is a wonderful, beautiful place, and you would be robbing yourself of so much joy if you didn't go and experience it. I'll give you that. I, I'll give you that. Go to a park, you know, throw a blanket down under a tree, something like that. Just, it's, it's important. No, no, it's not, that, that doesn't sound like fun at all. I need to go somewhere one more <laughs> you want to go to the spooky bridges, the the bridge to hell, like, and like I'll tell yeah, you what, it's an on your bridge, go man. I'm told that's what I want. As we speak, you know, Jesse just messaged me saying that he would camp at Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> I can't. 
right there. That's that's the kind. Of, that's my people right there. That's Y'all have no. fun. Uh, he's not going. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> I I did not spend seven plus years being best friends with him for him to go ahead and just be like, well, I'm gonna go over here. Let's just. The scurry on along to the death. No, where you gonna bring your scurry tail back over here with your addiction to Mountain Dew and stay over there, not to death. <laughs> we'll send you postcards. We'll send you postcards, okay? Uh, from under li- yeah. from afterlife? From, from the afterlife. Okay. <laughs> not from the afterlife. From the afterlife. No. No, you will not. I am all for going to different dimensions and going to, you know, traveling. I I will be a psychonaut all day long, but uh, the lower dimensions, the uh, the darker dimensions, y'all have fun with that. Mm-hmm. Pass. Pass. I'm good with just I, watching the documentary on it. <laughs> this funny. I think my husband would be like the same way with you guys, like. We don't need to, he'd be right behind y'all, like, trying to keep me from going into the areas that say, you know, like, beware, do not enter, no trespassing. I can just, I can picture it now. You with one of those, like, bungee wrist strap things, and, like, (laughs) trying to, like, pull towards the fence, and he's, like, pulling you back, like, no, 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 you can't go there. You're like, come on. Just, just a little bit, please. Here's I just want to you. <laughs> that, is, that is hilarious. That is fun. Look, like distract me like a squirrel, huh? And put me on a leash like this toddler. <laughs> I, I feel like one of these days, Soup is going to convince us to hang out with her one day, right? And we're going to be all for it, okay? Because who doesn't like hanging out and like eating food and stuff? And we're going to think it's just that. And she's going to take us to the building where Annabelle's locked up at and be like, well, let's walk on in, huh? Yeah. No, No, that's exactly how it's going to be. I'm going to work. She's like, surprise, picnic in hell. Look, look here, look. We're gonna notice the building and be like, Sooth, what are we doing here? Oh, nothing. We're just driving by. Don't worry about it. It'll just take a second. We'll be out of here in no time. Mm-mm. Three hours later. Three hours later, she's trying to open the box. No. I'll just lure you guys with fluffy blankets and, and comfort food. Put it all in the back of the car and be like, "Come on, it'll be." How dare you lure me in with my love? That is food. How dare you? How dare? I'm conniving. We've got a comment. Oh, just get a T-shirt. I survived Skinwalker Ranch, and all like, and all it cost me was my sanity. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's it. That's it. Just bring me back the t-shirt and I'm good. I'll, I'll be okay with the t-shirt. You're just going to stand outside. That's what's going to happen. You're going to be like that tour bus outside on the dirt road next to the rickety thing. Here's my problem. I don't go looking for stuff like that. That kind of stuff just finds me. I, I don't I don't look for stuff. Like, you know, 
I'm about to tell you some stories. I went on a camping trip. It was actually my first camping trip with my now fiance. And when we were out there, I had, this was like, we were having a great time. Went to sleep that night in the tent and everything was fine until about four o'clock in the morning when uh, he woke up and he heard this interesting humming going on. Now, mind you, this was not the roar of a jet engine. This was not the sound of helicopter blades, you know, whooshing. This was a vibratory droning hum. And it was really far away at first. And then it kept getting closer and closer. And when it came over our campsite, there were these lights darting all, over, all around the campsite, like darting past the tent, like scanning and searching really quick. Meanwhile, he said that I was dead to the world, that I would not wake up no matter how hard he shook me. And that by the time I did wake up, it had already gone. And it was only after it had gone that I was able to wake up. So there was that one. And then mm-hmm. the other was just recently uh, we went to a lake. We went camping on a lake and we were up over this, like our campsite was located on the other side of this little hill. It was like a tiny little hill that kind of, you hike 30 feet and you're on top of it. And then you look down on the lake. Well, I had one again fallen asleep. This was at around 11 o'clock at night. And my fiance was uh, starting to go to sleep until all of a sudden he sees this rainbow colored orb flying down the road towards the water, like towards the boat launch. It went zipping down to the boat launch and then it started coming up the hill up over the top of the hill and towards the truck. And when it was about 30 feet away, it like went whooshing really, really fast out to the middle of the lake and then shot straight up and into the sky. And then he was able to wake me up. So see, I, you're telling me all these you're telling me all these stories, and I don't see why you should have problem going to places like Skinwalker Ranch. The difference is I, that I don't go to places; they come to me. Why would I want to go to a creepy like that? <laughs> I was just saying it should be that big of a difference, though, because you're already. I mean, I feel like you're already being haunted, so I mean, it's not like that big of a change for you. Okay, so <laughs> it, we've got some time. Let me let me. Uh, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm debating whether or not I should tell this story because if I tell this story, I'm really putting it out there. I I'm really showing my crazy at this point. So you know, honey, we set our crazy out on the front porch and put it in a rocking chair and give it a glass of sweet tea down here. So you might as well just go ahead and air it out for everybody. All right, you might as well put it out there for God and country. All right. Well, let me let me just say this then. 
in your mind, before I go into this, be thinking, is this a dream or is this reality? Okay. I now, feel like I'm in a, in a queen song. <laughs> Just, it'll, it'll make a whole lot of sense here in a minute. All right. Freddie so, Mercury is that? <laughs> so back in, back in a, a previous marriage, this would have been 2012 or so, give or take. Uh, around 2012, I woke up in the middle of the night. And now normally, I keep my door closed. Uh, it's just a habit that I've always done. And so when I go to bed, I close the door. If the kids need to come in, they're welcome to come in. But the door stays closed when I'm sleeping. And so I woke up middle of the night and the door was open. I'm like, okay, this is weird. So I get up. And I go check on the kids, thinking maybe they had come in and, you know, couldn't wake us up or whatever, and ended up going back to bed. Well, both kids sound asleep in bed. That's when I heard a noise downstairs. So I went downstairs, and the front door was wide open. I walk up to the front door and look out, and there is someone walking up my driveway towards the cul-de-sac. Well, they hop into a car and I close the door, the front door, and I run into my garage and get my car. And I start following them. And I follow them, you know, a couple miles to the local Kroger, where I follow them behind the Kroger. Now, keep in mind, this is in the middle of the night, and I don't know why I would be this crazy, but, you know. So, I open the door, and I step out, just ready to, uh, you know, be like, what the hell, man? You can't just come into my house. And when I opened the door and stepped out, I saw what looked to be Slenderman. Now, I say Slenderman because I don't really have a whole lot else to go by. There weren't the creepy tentacle things that Slenderman normally has, but this being was about 12 feet tall, <clears throat> give or take. And I'd, he didn't have a face. And I looked at it at where the face should have been. And he looked at me and then he looked down at his stomach where a normal person's head would be height wise. <clears throat> and then looked back at me and said, you can see me. And I had one of those, Oh shit moments. Like you need to go. <laughs> and I jumped back in my vehicle and went into a blind, uh, just racing anywhere I could to get free of this. And so I ended up crashing into somebody's, like through somebody's carport into their house, right? Like right into their living room. And I jump out of my car and I'm screaming because, you know, I'm losing my mind. <clears throat> and this old man comes down and he's in his, you know, underwear and big gray beard. And he's like, just totally confused as to what the hell's going on. And while he's trying to calm me down to where I can explain things, this being comes in through the wreckage and the old guy doesn't seem to notice him. And then the being puts his finger on the old guy's forehead and the guy just collapses, just drops to the ground. And then he turns around towards me 
And then he puts his finger on my forehead. But I didn't collapse. I just lost all control of my body. And so I start following him out into the driveway. And again, no control over myself. I get out to the driveway and there is this, this, for lack of a better word, saucer, flying saucer. There were no lights. There was no blinking. There was no, nothing to discern that the flying saucer was there other than the fact that it was a disc in the sky that was blotting out the stars. And then everything went black. I don't remember anything after that other than waking up on a metal table. And now I heard talking between a male's voice and a female's voice. And my, I was completely like paralyzed, but I was starting to kind of regain control. And I kind of like tried to reach out with my fingers and see if there was anything I could get to, you know, help me regain control and hopefully arm myself. And I ended up knocking like this metal canister that was on the table. And all of a sudden they both stopped talking and the guy goes, she's awake. And he walks over and at this point he looks just like a normal person again. And he comes over and he kind of half sits on the side of the table and he starts talking to me, telling me this and that. I won't go into the details. It's not really relevant to the story. Uh, just has to do with like future events kind of thing. And then this woman comes walking over and he looks up at her and goes, this time do it right. And she holds this long needle right over my left eye. And again, I'm paralyzed still, so I can't do anything. Uh-uh. Nope. You got She's me with that one. Long needle over my left eye. And he looks down at me and goes, don't worry. When you wake up, this will all be just a dream. And then she jammed the needle in my eye. And I sat up in my bed with my eye on fire. And I grabbed my eye and almost screamed. And then when I finally realized that I was back in my bed, the pain kind of subsided. And the only thing that was out of place was that my door was open. But the car was back in the garage. No sign of any kind of wreck or crash or anything like that. Uh, Like everything was in place other than the fact that my door was open. And I laid back down and tried to go to sleep again. And all I could think was, Oh God, they're watching me. And Eventually, after I don't know how long, I finally passed back out. But it was right around dusk, like right around dawn, when it, when like all of when I sat up in bed and was you know with the eye thing, and so I really don't know if I was straight up abducted or if this was all just an elaborate dream. But I do know that most dreams don't carry details in your memory as long as actual events. And I remember every single detail of this. So you tell me, was I dreaming or did I get abducted? Now, see, 
Oh, why did you say that? <laughs> See, you, you, okay, you're right. We don't usually remember every detail of a dream like that. But when I think of a detailed dream, I think of Chucky trying to kill me. And I know all the details to that dream because I had it over and over again. So was you adopted and was Chucky trying to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the thing. That's the big question. Now, I will say that there have been six times. Now, I am very clear on these details. There have been six times that I have randomly gone outside, whether to throw the trash in the trash bin or to just, you know, be sitting out by the fire pit outside. There have been six times that I have looked up into the sky and my eyes went straight to one fixed point in the sky with a really bright star that the moment my eyes made contact with it, it blinked out and did not come back. So I don't know if I'm being watched. I don't know if I'm being observed. I don't know if I was abducted. I don't know. But this stuff, it like finds me. So, yeah. Yeah, after all of that, Skinwalker Ranch would be just fine for you. I don't understand See, those people, need, those people from Skinwalker Ranch needs to come and investigate me. Forget Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> and speaking of Skinwalker Ranch, so after hearing all of this, uh, while we was listening to you, uh, Jesse had messaged me. It was like, uh, so basically... Uh, sending you to Skinwalker Ranch might actually be might actually open its full potential and rip a hole in the fabric of reality. You know, seeing as you're a magnet to all the supernatural and everything, you might be able to actually bring it all out. <laughs> so usually, I do not condone people going to places where there's spooks and potential death. But in this case, you might need to pack up your stuff and go. See, I'm might see. But I don't want to. I'm scared. Uh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I got courage enough for all of us. Y'all can borrow some from me. We can do that. The only courage I need is courage to Cali Dog. That's it. That's enough courage for me. And I can't and even told- enjoy liquid courage because I'm allergic. <laughs> oh, God. I can't do the liquid courage. Do those. It's true. It's true. But we'll just give you like a drink or something and you'll be fine. You'll be, you'll be great. Everything will be great. I mean, we lots, did, of plant, I mean lots of plant matter and I'll be good. Yeah. yeah. Give me but lots I of mean, herbs. We got a little <laughs> bit off topic, but off of like oh, yeah. the coward stuff. But I mean, it was a great segue though, because it did bring us to Skinwalker Ranch, which is another example of cryptids and mainstream media because that is a great show it's a great show i love that show i actually need to get caught up on it but we're actually really addicted to it it's so good us too it's so good it's It's a guilty pleasure for me because yes it's produced it's got a lot of like you know dramatization and all of this stuff which makes it fun but like there's some really creepy stuff going on over there right true Brains and like orbs of light and like radiation, all kinds of stuff. 
It is crazy. It is. It is kind of. It is kind of crazy. It reminds me of that other show. I I kind of got too frustrated to watch it anymore. It's an island show. What is that show called? Something Island. Curse of Oak Island. Yes, that one. I watched. Okay, it's good. It's a good show. Okay, but I got so frustrated. They do. They get to a point where you can't watch it anymore. You got to. It's like they're like, "Oh, it's going to be a big find. We're going to drill into this room under the ground." Blah 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 blah. And then they drill into it and they cut away from it. And they're like, "Oh, we're going to find out what was in the room next episode." And then you get to next episode, and they never explain anything about the room. And right. you're just like, "You never found anything." So then I had to quit watching it because I got too frustrated. But with Skinwalker Ranch. It's completely different because they actually find stuff. They find things, oh, yeah. they have like, evidence that's like right there in front of your face. They don't try to like hide anything from you, you know, because it's all right there. And they're not like afraid to tell you, we didn't find crap. There was nothing there. They're not afraid to say, we didn't, we didn't find anything, you know. Or they'll go back and they'll search another place that they previously previously searched, you know, and they'll be like, we didn't have the right technology then, but we got permission to use this one now. And hey, guess what? We found all of this crap, which was really, I like that they do that. I like that they'll, you know, you have to go through channels and get permits and all that stuff, which I respect, but they explain the whole process to you. They don't like hold it back from you. So you're understanding what's going, you know, what you have to go through the processes and the channels that they have to go through to be able to do something as opposed to Oak Island where they just kind of leave these big gaps where you can't. Right. It was just super frustrating. But that, I mean, okay. that's just another, it's another show. It's another good cryptid show that should, that you should totally watch if you're not watching it. Now, what are you guys' theories about, like, what's in the Mesa? What's in the Mesa? <laughs> what's in the Mesa? <laughs> like, I personally, what? I personally I think that there is something like an actual like, building structure under the Mesa. But that's just me. What do you I, think? I'm thinking, okay, because I'm going right back. I'm going right back to like Courage Cali Dog and everything that everybody has dug up so far and everything. I think there is something that we should not be trying to discover that's down there that has a curse and that has the entire land, the entire everything, just like kind of like protecting it, kind of, sort of. And the closer they get to it, the more worse things get. I'm thinking that it might be something like that. I think there's something down there. That we shouldn't find. <laughs> we should leave it alone. I think that there is some kind of control room or. So the Mesa, the, like that area of Skinwalker Ranch is like this giant satellite dish. And it all kind of focuses up to one point. Uh, up in the sky, like 3,000 feet or, I don't know, somewhere up there. Uh, but it all focuses in this one point, and I think that it's like interdimensional stuff. I, I do believe that there are not only cryptids and creatures that can use that the energy to move back and forth between different dimensions, but I think that there's some like higher advanced I don't want to say alien technology, but like very high 
and highly advanced forgotten technology. That would be my guess. And unfortunately, because we're still basically a bunch of Neanderthals running around, like we, we're not equipped to be able to handle that kind of technology at our current state. Right. Now with the it's creatures like, and everything. Oh, but, go ahead. Okay, so with the creatures and everything, I was thinking kind of like the back rooms as well. Sure. Ooh, what if something is down there that is allowing, like you said, allowing these creatures to come through just willy nilly and it might just be like the back room. That's you a possibility get- for sure. Like a creature yeah, thing, being mm-hmm. this reality. See, now I want to poke it. No pokey. <laughs> you would. No, no I want to no pokey. No pokey. Oh, I want to We got a cop butt. here. Oh. Get a t shirt that says, I survived Sooth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll get fifty of those. I'll get fifty of those immediately. <laughs> New merch <laughs> idea. Yep. Oh god. Yep. Oh, we have <laughs> merch ideas. Now I'm gonna have to add that one to the pile. Oh Lord. Lord yep. I will get fifty of those in different <laughs> colors. Sooth, sooth with a box. Yes. Right next to her. <laughs> With her just reaching out to poke it. I'm poking the box. I want to. No pokey. I'm touching the butt. (laughs) We know touchy. Leave it alone. No, no. I wanted to. I want to poke it. I want to see what's under the mesa. I need it. But do y'all remember the question I asked y'all? Yes. Do we think? Do y'all think? Do you think after hearing everything, like everything that we have dug up, didn't hear anything from the episode, excuse my language, but do you think we might be royally fucked? Uh, Yeah, I've thought that for a while now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if we're being honest. If we're being honest, truly. Truly, yeah. I mean, no need to beat around the bush or anything. Honestly, yeah. Got a point I there. Mean, <laughs> sure. I mean, we could be. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we've got a lot of apocalyptic warning bells going off. Mm-hmm. You've got the space. You've got the I mean, there, there's only one pillar left um, standing uh, around. There's a certain link, which a link in... Uh, in India, it's like a very sacred thing. It's like a standing pillar. And there's one location, there's a lingam that has supposedly been there since like the beginning of the first age. And I can't remember the, the actual name of these ages that they, um, that they call them. But basically, we're in like the final age. And they say that when all the pillars, because there's these pillars that surround this lingam, they say that when all these pillars have been destroyed, the world will come. Well, there's only one pillar left, 
and it's starting to look pretty rough. So I'm thinking they may have called. I mean, it's true. You got oh. Well, I mean, it's like I was saying that the the pyramids have changed, the Sphinx changed. You've got the what happened to the Georgia Guidestones, okay? Then you've got the um, obelisk in China that was struck by lightning, like yep. the same day. I'm putting that in air quotes because it's it, there was a time difference, but it's considered with the same day that the Georgia Guidestones went down. This one was struck by lightning, and it was the one that was given to the Chinese people. I think it's a Viking era um, oh wow that directed, and it was struck by lightning and destroyed so you got that happen and then I don't know if anybody's seen this and I think it's pretty cute and there's a lot of speculations and stuff underneath the, in the comments in the video um, there is a raven um, that currently residing at a zoo that just kind of popped up at the zoo. And um, one of our listeners here, Dylan, he should know all about it, um, who has been repeating over and over again the uh, same phrase, the hanged man is coming. And if we have any Norse pagan listeners with us right now, you know who the hanged man is. The hanged man, for those who don't know, is Odin. Or Woden. Yeah. From hanging from the world tree. Right. So um, that's allegedly, supposedly, the the ravens, that they are the the creatures of Woden. And um, when they're referring to the hanged man, Odin... It's a part of an apocalyptic, uh, I guess, um, sign of the times. Yes, or sign of the times, prediction, what have you, that the old gods are returning. So it's like, Stern just gone ahead and just turned us all upside down. I don't know if anybody's been keeping up with certain. This is something else that we're going to be discussing on the Paranormal Umbrella on Friday. We're discussing the Mandela effects. Um, no, not this Friday. It's next Friday, I think, because this Friday we're going to be doing more. Yeah, so we're going to have two Paranormal Umbrellas back-to-back. We're going to have Paranormal Umbrellas this Friday. It's going to be the Warrens, Lorraine and Ed. Um, And then the following Friday, because we're going to do a special here, we're going to be talking about the Mandela effect and the effects of CERN. Some people say CERN just, you know, they just booted CERN up and it's just doing its thing. It's no big deal. And I've been listening to a, a scientist who is a physicist explain CERN and what CERN does. And then you've got people like me who are conspiracy theorists and like to have fun with stuff like that because, you know, it's just fun and it makes life interesting. That CERN booted up and our dimension and other dimensions, parallel dimensions, just got flipped on their head. So CERN was booted up at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, July 5th. And ever since then, shit's been cray-cray. So we're going to be discussing that not this Friday, but next Friday. And we're also going to have a guest speaker with us that day, too. So, and she has already been I'm sending excited. me... I'm excited. Yes, she has already been sending me all of her her uh, her list that she has been working on of all of the Mandela effects that she has 
currently come up with. So, anywho, I look at that. It's uh, it's nine eleven. I want to say thank you everybody for coming out listening to us tonight on your favorite Wednesday night podcast, the Paranational Church and Preservation Society. And thank you so much to Tina, our guest speaker. <laughs> Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope I wasn't like interrupting anybody or seemed nervous. No, or no, no. No, absolutely. You did awesome. Did, you did fabulous. And I really appreciate you joining us tonight. I had a Oh, now time. I feel silly for having the panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> As you should, because you did great. So okay. I, hope, I hope you join us for another podcast, hopefully in the future sometime. Um, sure. I would really like to be back. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting making the connections that we did tonight from the mainstream media and a cute wonderful cartoons that we all love and grow up with. Mm-hmm. So, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, for our listeners, thank you so much for being here tonight. We will be back next Wednesday for the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society at 8 o'clock. Um, I'm not sure which cryptid we're doing next week, but I'm sure we will come up with something fun and exciting. Again, every other Friday night, we have the Paranormal Umbrella, where we discuss history, mysteries, ghosties, anything and everything normal that you can possibly think of, and exorcisms. Real fun. Practice. You're going to have to join us about Ed and Lorraine Warren. It's going to be fun. And like I said, following Friday, we're going to do all of the Mandela effects and discussing CERN and what that has to do with parallel dimensions. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. Can I say something real quick? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Um, I'm not going to call out your names, but those that have joined the podcast to give me support because y'all know I was having panic attacks. Thank you, and I love y'all very much. <laughs> Aw, thank y'all. Absolutely. Thank you for coming out and supporting our friends. We love Tina. She's, she always adds something fun and wonderful to our, our podcast. She has been a day one listener, day one supporter. And I, I'm so happy that she's my friend and she has been nothing but love and kindness and support. Oh, you're not going to make me cry on this podcast. I refuse. I am. I am. Right now, you have been nothing but awesome. And I am really, really happy that you're here and that you can support us through this and that you can be a guest. And I hope that you can be a guest again. On the future podcast, I would love that. I don't want my to cry. Wait. <laughs> oh, I'm not oh, gonna cry. No, I'm a pimp. Nope, no. I'm not gonna cry. Pimps don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love you, Tina. But I do. I love. I love both of y'all very, very, very much. Um, Kellic, I know we just recently met, so I know we don't have like a big friendship like me and Suf do, but I do appre- I do care about you and I do appreciate your support earlier in the pod- uh, earlier than before the podcast when I was panicking and having all the anxiety. And I oh, honestly no. do feel like if I wasn't here, y'all would have still did amazing on this podcast. Every week y'all do amazing on all the podcasts and I appreciate y'all for inviting me here. And I, I had a lot of fun. Awesome. I'm to hear that. <laughs> okay, okay, enough tears. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for 
joining us. Have a wonderful night, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.